Welcome to Wise Health for Women Radio with Linda Prater. Women are pressed daily to give more, learn more, and be more, often at the expense of mind, body, or spirit. Each week with intriguing guests and topics, we'll bring you fresh ways to view your limited time, encouraging a shift to new, healthier perspectives. Wise Health for Women Radio, helping women thrive. And now here's your host, Linda Prater. Good morning and welcome to our program today. We are here today with Susie Reese and we're in the second of our series on sudden loss and grief and bereavement and in various terms and, and shapes. So last week's program was on an overview of loss and grief and it's a very complex topic. And we know this and we also know that there is no timeline to grief, that we all grieve differently and that often there isn't a dialogue that goes on. People don't know what to say. People don't know how to behave and it's uncomfortable. So we are going to continue with further breakdowns of separate topics along the grief spectrum. And today we're going to be talk about talking about the shock of sudden death loss and what that means as opposed to uh, a chronic illness or something that you would call an expected loss, even though you don't know exactly when. And Susie, I'm so glad to be back on the air with you today. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? I am just fine. While this is not a cheery topic, I think that we have talked about the fact that it is a valuable one. And losses come in so many different types. But this particular one you have had experience with. And there's a lot of mental, emotional, and even physical symptoms to sudden death loss. Do you want to lead us off today? Mm. It would dig right in. Um, I think that I've experienced that in a few different ways, unfortunately. So recently I had several family members who were in a car accident. And then um, about a year, a little over a year and a half ago, I lost a, a, one of my best friends in this world to cancer. And uh, unfortunately, she had progressed quite a bit before they even realized that there was anything wrong. So she deteriorated over a couple weeks and then died. Even though we had a couple weeks, it was still very shocking during that time. And then, of course, um, my father when I was 10. So I've seen it in, in different ways as we age. And I think that I had this assumption that I understood it when I was little because of how deeply it impacted my life. I mean, absolutely everything changed after I lost my father, but that, that sudden, that call that you get, um, with that, that bad news, um, I, I definitely feel as though it puts you in the state of flight or fight and Mm -hmm. you stay in that state for quite a long time waiting for the other shoe to drop. Um, I know that, um, when I got the call about my sister, um, it was just, I mean, she texted me that morning, Mm. you know, and, um, you don't think much of it and you, you just, you respond and you say what you have to say. And then the next thing you know, they're gone. So that just, um, there's really no way to explain that, but, um, it, it puts things in perspective, I think, but also 
you, you're, uh, I feel still that I'm not necessarily all here sometimes. Mm -hmm. So I know that my memory is impacted greatly still. Um, and I try to express that to people and also, you know, what is the language for that for someone that doesn't know you and doesn't know your situation? Mm -hmm. So it puts you in a very difficult um, place to be in. Well, absolutely. And a lot of the articles and other people I've spoken with talk about how their capacity, even if they're very good copers, their capacity to cope is diminished. Mm -hmm. There's an overwhelm that comes in and and one person said this that I thought was very very good they said there's a massive gap suddenly with the way the world should be and how it now is does that sound familiar yes um i think that i felt that uh quite a bit during that first week after uh, my recent loss mm-hmm. we we had so many things that we had to do and uh, it was the week after thanksgiving and so of course what is everyone doing the week after thanksgiving mm. they're out shopping and we had to go to the store and 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 buy clothes and of course they the color the the three that we lost that their favorite color was all purple mm-hmm. there is no purple anything <laughs> after thanksgiving after thanksgiving mm-hmm. right and so here we are and we thought this won't take long we'll go to one or two stores and we'll pick a few things up and it it became a several day process and i have um five other sisters so we we ended up going into teams and splitting up and we i mean for days trying to look for things and it was infuriating because everyone else is celebrating upcoming holidays and it was so hard because we are not we're not happy we're in this um terrible state of grief and also no one knows <laughs> so right. um how do you interact with other people and there were so many times when i know that we were just a mess there's no other way to say it we were forgetful we didn't necessarily know where we were um we hadn't been sleeping we really hadn't been eating and we came off as jerks <laughs> you know <laughs> uh, there's no way no other way to put it because you know we were in this state of absolute stress um, and so, you know, how do you express that to people that you're only going to see for two minutes as they're checking you out? Right. Um, and, and is that necessary? Is that a necessary conversation? And then what, what is too much information? So I think that it's a, um, definitely that, that sudden loss is difficult, but then also that normality that goes on around you that mm-hmm. makes it worse because you, you understand, you should understand, Right. But in that moment, you don't. Um, no, and, and what you're talking about is even acceptance is difficult. Even if you're intellectually recognizing that this is the truth, this really is happening. And things make little sense at all, just as you said. And you bring up a very interesting point with dealing with other people with the immediacy of shopping for the clothing, for the services that you were readying for. I mean, you're right. Uh, Thanksgiving, you were at a particularly different period of time because there are customs mm-hmm. associated with that. As you mentioned, shopping. Now, doesn't that seem trivial? 
It, it does. At the time that you were dealing with it. And, and everyone is out. Um, that, that is the absolute worst time because no matter where you go, you're running into people at one point. I think it was maybe the third day of shopping. We, at this point, we're going everywhere. Uh, we couldn't roll anything out, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, so I, I walked into a store and I was with two of my sisters and there was a girl that I, um, had been friends with years ago and hadn't seen in a long time. And I asked her, I said, do you have anything purple? And then she starts helping look for things with us. And then all of a sudden it occurred to me, does she work here? <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> And so I, I said, do you even work here? Because I, I had looked around and I noticed um, employees and they had uniforms on and she wasn't dressed like the rest of them. <laughs> and I, I, I knew that, you know, unfortunately our loss had been very public in, in our state. And, um, you know, the news had, had promoted it quite a bit. It had been all over social media. And then myself, I'm relatively well-known in certain circles. So I knew that she probably knew, um, but it just occurred. I was like, wow, well, I look like such a jerk right now, <laughs> you know, um, I just made this assumption and I mean, she, she said, yeah, I work here. And she's like, I know what happened. I'm so sorry for you guys. And she mm. did what she could to help and it was fine. But, you know, to, to someone else not that had no idea, I looked like a horrible person in the middle of, you know, a very normal everyday activity. So but she was able to find you purple, I hope. We we had to go to several other stores after that. Oh. Looked for everything and it was it was difficult because um you know we had two younger ones and then my sister so at first it was let's try to get the matching color and um then we there there was no way to do that. Um you know you have such a short amount of time to to make those kinds of arrangements and so um then it then it was also what's appropriate it. And the only thing that we could find out that was purple at the time was everything was like formal wear that was not appropriate for a young girl. <laughs> so, um, it took a bit, but thankfully we, um, we were able to manage and they, they looked quite, quite beautiful in the end. Well, the funny thing is, I think tasks like that though, help, help to keep you busy and focused when you're not focused. Mm. So while it's a horrible thing to have to go out and do as you just described, it, it it sometimes dwelling on it later on becomes a different time and place. And so when we come back, we're coming on a short break. When we come back, we're going to talk about how the tasks are one thing, it, acceptance is another and and how we we muddle through because that's what we're doing we're muddling the very best we can and how we can support each other as we do such a thing don't go away we're coming right back we're talking with Susie Reese and today's topic is the sudden shock of grief we're wise health for women radio and we'll return after these short messages It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. Do you need to improve your short-term and long-term memory? Most of us would answer yes to that. And the good news is that by eating a handful of nuts, you can accomplish that. Nuts of all kinds are full of magnesium, 
and researchers at MIT found that magnesium seems to promote new connections between brain cells. Nuts, especially cashews and almonds, boast about 25% of your daily requirement of magnesium. Nuts are also a hearty snack and stick with you when you eat them. Be aware though, if you're watching your weight, nuts are high in calories. I love nuts, and for a snack, I put a few almonds in a baggie, along with some raisins, and it's a great snack to take with me on the run. The chewy and crunchy element is good also. So improve your brain power and consume a small amount of nuts several times per week. I'm Annette Hammond. Welcome back. We're continuing our discussion on the shock of sudden death. Oftentimes, the shock and the disbelief can last for longer because there is no warning. There's no time to say goodbye. And it can be really confusing and bring up a lot of feelings all at once. I know in my case, I simply, I lost a, a close friend and it was not something we had not been in touch for a long while and there was there was sorrow that we had not been closer but it was one of those friendships that you could always pick up no matter how long and it never uh, ceased to just continue right where you left it the last time which is a very precious thing and to this day I have trouble watching the date come by for that day and knowing how to react and behave and and to respond. And I don't think that's unusual. I, I think when things make little sense, we tend to go back and think, is there anything I could have done differently? And in my case, yes, I could have been in closer contact. And it has caused a changed behavior in me in terms of I now purposely stay in touch with my long distance but dear friends more frequently than I used to because you just never know. Tomorrow is not promised. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think that that's an excellent point. And I think that I definitely experienced that um, after this, this latest loss. Um, I had this thought in my head that all of the, all of those moments that I should have been more present for or shown up for, you know, you have so many opportunities with people and for whatever reason, you can't always participate in everything. And in the midst of what was happening, I realized that I have lost one sister, but I have multiple others and I can be present in those moments with them. And so unfortunately, um, the one who passed was a twin. And so we've been very concerned about her twin. Um, and, um, their birthday was in January. And so the sisters wanted to make sure that she wasn't necessarily by herself. Now she's Mm -hmm. got a husband and, you know, but it's, it's just a different relationship. And so they essentially tried to trick her into, um, coming to one of our, our houses. And then we were all going to be there and surprise her. And, it was very difficult to trick her <laughs> um, to, to do that because I don't think she wanted to do it. But we we also realized that 
we have to make more of an effort with each other. And I think that we have throughout the years um, during certain phases in life, but it's so easy to get into those routines and be an adult and have responsibilities and think, oh, I'll do the next thing or I'll go to the next thing. And I think that you're right that taking advantage of those opportunities with the people that you care about is so important and to have a relationship like you had with your friend, those are very rare. Um, and, and they're beautiful because you don't have any stress. You don't have any, um, resentment, you don't, you mm-hmm. know, there's so many people that you can't just lose time with and go back to for whatever reason. So I'm very sorry for that, for that loss for you. Well, well I think we've all had these kinds of losses. I, I think, Oftentimes we don't think about them until you're listening to something like what we're doing, which is talking about loss. And I think many people mourn through on their own. But what you're talking about with making sure someone is not isolated is one of the most important things possible because we are not meant to be alone. We are healthier when we have social relationships we are healthier when we engage with others and at a time of grief we have to accept something we don't wish to accept and we we do tend to overthink sometimes or to be hard on ourselves and i think in in some cases i know people feel like well oh gosh i missed the signs and this is for different kinds of loss than the one you experienced or even i experienced but i think that we often we, we wish for more time yeah. we would give anything to have another day um another moment another laugh or you find yourself just saying oh i'm going to share that with so and so and you realize you can no longer share and so those are the kinds of things that persist over time when someone has left you very, very suddenly. And so it's nothing is easy about loss. And and one of the other things that I felt was I lost sort of a, a sense of security and confidence in the world. I know that sounds dramatic, but it, it, it just meant that, wow, I thought that she'd be here forever. And she's not. And so we do know life will go on with or without those whom we love, but it is not easy. I think that you're completely right. And I think part of that isolation and the importance of relationships is is not just being with others, but grief in itself is very isolating. It's a very isolating feeling and we all experience it differently, even if we have a similar loss. Um, I know for, for me and for the rest of my sisters that we were all more than likely experiencing it very differently mm-hmm. because we all had our own unique relationships with her. And so it doesn't matter if we're all that same title necessarily. Um, we're, we're all going to have variations in that relationship, but that doesn't make it less than it's still a very difficult and deep issue. But I think, too, um, I feel like when we are grieving, we are not our best selves. Um, mm-hmm. We we are in those states that are similar to depression or that, that low. And mm-hmm. so you're going to question and wonder and, and look at the world around you and be very introspective in those thoughts. And I, I think that that sense of security that you had in the world that you were questioning. I think that's a normal reaction. I felt it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, 
I had this very, very strong sense of why does any of what I've been doing even matter at this point? You know, and I know that, that you're like, oh, that's, that is very dramatic. <laughs> well, no, I think life. we tend to be harsh on ourselves yes. at a time when we need to be gentle to ourselves. Well, and I think too, it's, it's a sense of just, we have no control. It right. comes right down to it. This, this life isn't something that we can really have absolute control over. Mm-hmm. And in my realm, you know, we try to help people and, and do these things. And you too, mm-hmm. you know, you try to raise awareness and have conversations around things and then mm-hmm. death happens. Right. And what can we do in the face of death? Very little, mm-hmm. uh, if anything at all. And so it makes it very difficult to feel as though you can impact, I mean, you can impact the living. Um, but I think too, that when I was having those thoughts, I, I thought, wow, you know, the world is just awful sometimes. Um, mm-hmm. it's very cruel. And in that, as I started to kind of progress out of those dark thoughts, um, I realized it is cruel and it is unfair. And because of that, that's why we should continue to, to raise awareness because we should build better relationships. We should have stronger connections with people and we should be nicer to those who are here, uh, more compassionate because we don't know what people have experienced. That is so very true. And, and we often see the quote a lot on social media, be, be kind to everyone for you don't know what they are going through. Mm-hmm. Uh, or someone may be experiencing something you are, you don't know. And I, I think that's probably true of everyone. <laughs> and so you mentioned not at your best self. Well, of course not. And those who know what happened will understand. Um, the hard part comes in with the vast majority of humanity that don't know or don't understand. And we are a very unusual society these days. We're, we're more connected. Well, I shouldn't say that. We're more communicating, but not connected. And it's, it's often very superficial, um, or, or glib. I'm using glib instead of flippant because I think glib is, you know, we toss off these things. And if we knew that this was um, going to be received by someone who is undergoing grief at this point, and frankly, we go on to grieve for the rest of our lives in some way, shape, or form, we simply learn how to manage it a, a little better or to put it into perspective. But in the early stages... Perspective is a hard thing to find. I agree. I think that for me, I, you look at everything. And so <laughs> the perspective mm-hmm. is constantly shifting, and that's why it's difficult because it's uh, as things are happening and you're experiencing whatever it is, you're looking at something differently. You're looking at a new piece of information. You're looking at another person and how they're handling it. And so it's not that there's not enough perspective, but more, more that there's too much. Um, and I think that that's kind of in line with what's going on in, in social media and, um, our communication, you know, you talk about glib, there's too much out there and uh-huh. some of us are putting too much out there too. <laughs> well, you know, we're doing the best we can. And that's what I think I repeat to myself as a mantra 
on all days. You know, I have to presume, what is it? Don't expect malice when it's only ignorance. Mm. And so if, if I can give someone some grace, extend some grace, I think I've done a, a right. good job of dealing with that. We're going on another break. We'll be back shortly. We're talking with Susie Reese, and we'll be right back after these messages. We're Wise Health for Women Radio, and we'll return after these short messages. It's marching When I was growing up in Wisconsin, no matter how frigid it was outside, my Uncle Bob never seemed to get cold. He would come in from the snow wearing a t-shirt and remark how fresh it was outside. Then again, folks from Wisconsin are a pretty hearty bunch. As America's official dairy state, the cows have been known to give ice cream instead of milk when the temperatures drop. What's a word for a giant snowball that is formed by rolling a smaller one through a field of snow? Hog-a-ma-dog. Megla is an old Scots word meaning to trudge laboriously through the snow. And mufflements is an old Lancashire word for thick, warm, insulating clothes and gloves. Don't forget that you shouldn't try and send text messages if you're standing out in the cold. It can lead to typothermia. It's I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. What do nuts, fish, spinach, dairy, and bananas have in common? For one thing, they contain high amounts of potassium and can cut your risk for a stroke by as much as 21%. A stroke is a disruption in your brain's blood supply that happens when there's blockage in a blood vessel or a blood vessel bursts. Potassium is an electrolyte and is involved in muscle and nerve control and blood pressure regulation. It's needed for maintaining the body's fluid balance. Studies have suggested that diets high in potassium help maintain a healthy blood pressure and possibly protect against stroke and heart disease. But remember, regular daily exercise is your most excellent defense against stroke. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond. To hear other fitness and weight loss tips, visit our website at AnnetteHammond.com. Welcome back. We're continuing our discussion on the shock of, of sudden loss and, and the grief that ensues. While on the break, Susan and I were talking about the fact that we were mentioning before the break about social media and everyone communicates, but very few are connecting. And the other problem that we have is often misinformation or not giving time for the family to process and, uh, you know, there just really is, there are good things about social media and there are some really rotten things. And so maybe you'd like to share your experience with some unusual communications. I think that in these situations, uh, people are impacted in different ways and will never necessarily understand their own grief for each of this, uh, mm-hmm. these people that they've lost that, I know that when we lost someone within a matter of hours, information was being shared across multiple platforms. I don't even know to what extent. And there were so many people that had picked up on who they were. And then, of course, it was 
oh, who were they related to? And so information was just being pushed out mm. from the second that it happened. Unfortunately for us, you know, the media, the news media had gotten a hold of it. And so it was a very public just in that regard. Um, <clears throat> it was on a major holiday and um, that same event there was another incident prior to it. So it was just publicized, you know, not even including social media quite a bit. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that for some people who are in the midst of a, a very sudden loss, especially, um, they are doing everything they can to find some sort of normalcy, um, and as you pull up social media, which unfortunately has become a very normal part of our everyday, mm. here you are running into this same information that is heart wrenching over and over and over again. Mm. Um, so I, th I think that for me, it was very difficult to see that not only I'm a very uh, public person, I have a lot of, um, uh, you know, all of my profiles are public. I put a lot of content out, put, put, push out information. And I had not shared anything personally. So for me, to be that close to that impact of loss and to have others see that, oh, she hasn't put anything out and yet, yet mm -hmm. share information, it seemed just like maybe that was a moment to pause and, and consider why aren't they sharing that. Mm -hmm. And part of it was it was so fresh. But I think also we didn't have a lot of information and we were still processing and trying to figure out because one of the things that happens in certain types of sudden losses is there is confusion mm -hmm. and there's chaos and miscommunication just happens. So we weren't necessarily even sure who had been impacted, what had happened, all of these details. And then to have people pushing information out, well, what happens after that? People mm -hmm. ask questions. Um uh, whether it's ill-timed or not, they want to know things. And so it put a lot of pressure on us to answer information um, or not. You know, it's that's still a choice that you can make. Mm -hmm. um, but also I think that in that situation, just that exposure of my several of our family just would not get on social media. They refused for the next several days because mm -hmm. every time we did, it was something t terrible. Um, and quite frankly, this has changed my perspective of the way the news media uh, reports on certain types of incidents. I think that when it comes to car accidents, that we should not be posting that photo everywhere. I just right, it's horrible. And I have to admit, I never really considered that before. I never thought about it, but that was the last place that they were. And, um, that's very difficult to see when you are the person that's been impacted by that. So, you know, I think in general, finding out information from key people is very important. Making sure that you have the correct information is very important um, when sharing information, knowing that you're sharing accurate information over that next several days, people began telling people that services had changed, that dates and times had changed. Mm. Um, and I had actually written all of that information 
and, and put it in several different formats, um, one for news media, one for social media release, because that's part of what I do, right? So mm-hmm, it's like, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll handle this. This keeps me busy. And even d- despite all of that, all of that effort, um, people were still miscommunicating things. So, you know, social media is wonderful to be able to reach out and connect. And I'm sure many people who may not have known as quickly were able to, to know that information sooner. And, you know, it, it allowed some of them who were in different parts of the country to, you know, take time to make arrangements to come over. Mm-hmm. But in the same regard, we have to be a little bit more responsible in uh, I think the driving purpose of why we're sharing that information and making sure that it's accurate. Well, you bring up two good points. One is that you can feel ambushed when you're suddenly having to answer questions that you haven't even shared with people and it's out and about. You mentioned the media. I don't know that there's a lot of control about that, but that Mm. has to feel like feeling ambushed and you you have two choices. You can turn off the media or you can absorb the blows when they come because there's something about a visual that is almost, I don't know, all of it's hard, but a visual can just, you can't unsee it. Once you see it, you can't unsee it. And then in terms of other people communicating, it's hard not to get frustrated with some people. I'm saying that you're not. Um, uh, I, I emphasize that point because you you start to say you know well, why why do you think it's your job to be putting out that information? Um, a, a lesser thing happened when my mother died um, because it was days before social media really, and and yet you still had miscommunication and this person told that person told that person told that person and the stories they morph. Mm. And, and that's miscommunication too, which I guess it's human nature. Um, I, I would like to think people mean well when they're trying to spread the word so that support can come. But sometimes it doesn't feel that way. It feels very intrusive. And as you mentioned the word exposure, um, it's a time of confusion and chaos. You're trying to deal with tasks as well as feelings and emotions, which you really don't get to focus on at that point in time because it's so fresh. But I, I, I think that with the immediacy of news these days, you don't always have choices. I agree. And, you know, we didn't. <laughs> no. Um, and then after that incident, um, they had, I had a a friend who apparently um, posted a comment on her Twitter feed Mm. um, regarding my situation and that he knew me and he meant, well, he, I I think he just wanted to let people know. um, And I appreciate him dearly. And um, he texted me and said, so this reporter reached out and she wants to interview you. And I, I was just, angry, um, at that moment. And it it was just, it was so many thoughts because it it wasn't just me. Um, and that fear of, you know, encroaching in another person's space. Um, you know, my sisters, I wanted to be respectful and compassionate for them. 
And, you know, I can't speak for all of us. There's, mm-hmm. there's a lot of us. And I don't know if you know anything about women. <laughs> a little. <laughs> always agree. <laughs> so, um, so it was difficult because my first response back to him was no. And it was in all capital. Mm-hmm. And I thought I should probably do a little better at communicating. <laughs> and so I said, I just don't know that that's what I want to do. And then all of my media training came back and I thought, oh, they're going to get a story whether we do it or not. Shape it or not. Right. <laughs> exactly. And so then I'm going into, you know, paranoia of what is that going to look like? And so then um, after I, I called several of them and it took a little bit, we decided that we would go. And of course, we said that, but none of us were a hundred percent decided on that. And of course there's several of us and some of us were in different places. And so just trying to all be on the same page was difficult. And so one day, one morning, we all had to come together and decide, are we going to go and do this? Are we going to be on the news? And it was horrible. We, we all just cried in the car <laughs> for, um, at least two hours. I mean, it was, it was awful. And so I think that, you know, that exposure, the, the frustration of others communicating information and they don't necessarily mean anything bad by it. They're trying to help. And I think too, that that's part of the difficulty of grief is we want to do something to help. We, We so desperately want to help someone. We want to pick up that pain in some way. And yet we don't always know what that, that need is for that individual. And so I think that when they step in and do that, sometimes that creates more chaos and it creates more frustration because for us, you know, we're already in pain. We're, we're grieving, we're angry, and we have nowhere to direct anger. Mm-hmm. And then we have all of these um, expectations and first, you know, people coming at you with needs and, uh, you know, all of these things. So it's like, well, let's frust- direct the frustration um, outwardly at some of these issues. Um, so it, it was an experience of a lifetime and not necessarily a good one. Um, obviously, but I think that in that I saw so many things differently than I would have before. Um, communication is so important. The way that we allow time for things is, is very vital to people's well being because there is not enough time in that first week to accomplish any type of true grief <laughs> to get yeah. any, any emotions out and heal in any way. Um, and then, then when you have all of these expectations and tasks thrown at you unexpectedly, it only really worsens that ability to truly process. Agreed entirely. We have one more break for the program. And I think at this point we have gotten the message about the need to pause and, and, pausing is just so vitally important. So take a deep breath. Think about what's going on. Put yourself in other people's shoes. We're going on this quick break, and we will be right back, continue our discussion with Susie Reese. Thank you for listening. We'll be right back. We're Wise Health for Women Radio, and we'll return after these short messages. Words you never heard. Bonnie. 
evening in 1929, William Lear and Elmer Wavering of Quincy, Illinois, were out driving with their girlfriends. One of the girls suggested it would be even more romantic if they could listen to music. The guys liked the idea and started tinkering with installing a home radio in the car. They sold their idea to a radio manufacturing company and applied for a loan with a local banker to get production started. Thinking it might sweeten the deal, they installed one of their new radios in the banker's vehicle. Unfortunately, the banker's car caught on fire, and they didn't get the loan. They must have felt like Dunder Klumpens. Not giving up, they drove to a radio convention and sat outside in the car with the radio blasting. Soon, orders were pouring in and taking a cue from the Victrola because their radio was going in a car. They called it the Motorola. It's words you never heard. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. Prevention Magazine urges us all to set smart goals for fitness. Their clever goal-setting plan is to set goals that are smart, S-M-A-R-T. S is for specific. Don't make your goals vague or too broad. M is for measurable, which could mean a goal weight, a goal body fat percentage, number of calories burned per day, number of miles walked, number of days per week you commit to exercise, etc. A is for attainable. A great way to make your goals attainable is to break them down into smaller achievable goals. R is for realistic. We gain confidence from goals that push us, but are also realistic. And T is for time bound. Give yourself a time to reach these goals. You are more apt to complete them if there are urgencies. Give it a deadline. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond. Welcome back. As we go into this final segment, let's talk a little bit about how all this jostling in place, this feeling unanchored and adrift, how do you get back on track? Because the relationship dynamics, you talked about the frustration of so many people entering into what is normally a private time and these days, almost nothing is private once a friend or a, a Facebook friend or somebody in social media or the neighborhood or the local paper finds out, even if it's not as massive as the loss you suffered, that feeling of, of drifting and unanchored and the, 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 the whether you're stoic or broken or, or do you choose a face? I remember thinking, well, if I get very upset, it will upset other people, so I don't want to do that. And yet, in retrospect, I think that stoicism meant I just grieved for longer. Mm. I think that that's um, something that I felt, too. And um, we had a conversation about how our our family is just weird. <laughs> I think we're all weird. No, but, you're unique. <laughs> right. That's a better word. I like weird. I mean, I think that that. Right. We'll They're more interesting. That, right. Exactly. But um, we, we have always been a family of comedians. We all, we all laugh and joke and just that's, that's who we are. If you get us together, we're going to just say things that you're like, what did you just say? And then we'll all be laughing. I mean, so. Good. In the midst of what we were experiencing, we fell into this, these two states of one was just absolute being emotionally drained, you know, crying and just 
so much um, frustration. And then you don't, you don't have that energy to do that anymore. At some point you run out of the energy mm-hmm. to even do that. And so we would shift into um, making jokes and mm-hmm. uh, laughing at ourselves because there were multiple times where um, we forgot where we parked there was one incident. We went to the airport to pick up one of our sisters and, um, we left <laughs> one of us <laughs> um, oh, no. so, because, you know, there's a lot of us. And so every time we get in the car, it was like we were in school again. We had to count, count off, off. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and we knew that we weren't remembering things. And so we would laugh and people would see us and think, um, oh, wow, you're handling this so much mm. better than what I would expect. And that was frustrating. And so, you know, shifting into the being sad and and crying, that's uncomfortable for others. It just is. Mm -hmm. And we know that, and we're not going to express that to put that, that pain or uncomfortableness on another individual. Um, so what other options are there? And you have to put a face on and go out and do things. And I've had conversations with multiple people about these expectations that we have. Um, you know, people will say, well, you're, you're doing so well, or you're so strong. What other alternatives are there? Well, you don't have a choice there. Right. Uh, you know, we, we have to do things. And in the middle of everything that was going on, I had projects. Um, I do mm-hmm. contract work and I was contracted to do certain things. And one of those things was an event and I had to promote it. And so I, I got online to promote it and did not want to be online, mm-hmm. um, promoted it, got offline and then had to answer questions and communicate with individuals. And I should not have been, mm-hmm. um, but I had to. And so this being unanchored and getting back on track, I think that unfortunately we're never really off track. There's the track is always there. We may not see it. Um, at some point we have to begin to address that those things that we have to do. You can only avoid life for so long, um, Mm. bills, responsibilities, work, things like that. But you're always that, that being unanchored. I think that's a great phrase because, the track is there, but we don't necessarily feel connected to it. Mm-hmm. And I know for me, um, I got in two minor car accidents. I haven't been in a car accident since I was like, it's been a long time, like over 20 years right. ago. <laughs> right. So, and people were laughing and, you know, I'm Asian. So it was a joke and I'm like, uh, but, um, I was in a fog and right. every time I was out in the car, I thought I should not be in the car right now. I should not be driving, but I had no choice. And even now I can feel the uh, shifting back into and out of that, that I should not Mm -hmm. be out in public. I should not be engaging with people. And you have your moments where you're um, coming back into yourself a little bit, but I felt that very deeply for weeks. And I, I, you know, I live in Arkansas. We, I can't, I can't commute. <laughs> I can't, <laughs> I can't get on the subway. I can't, you know, I have to be right. in my car. And so, right. you know, what, what do you do in that situation? And I think that those expectations of us getting back on track and, oh, doing so well, those are very unfair as well. Um, it's a social expectation. It is. And I think that people, 
are trying to express something, but they're doing it poorly. I think that we're not communicating necessarily what we really mean, which is I'm really sorry that you're going through this. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm very sorry. And there is no such thing as being strong during because we don't feel strong at all, no, no matter what we look like. Don't you think it's the vulnerability? Suddenly you're, you feel very vulnerable. You don't want to drive. You had two car accidents. I backed out of my garage and took off the side mirror. I think it's common that we we do something that your body muscle memory has, and so you think it's not that big a deal. But you are distracted. Your right. mind is on different aspects of things, and multitasking is rather a myth most of the time and no matter how many people tell you they do a good job of it we're mostly task switching but we don't do as good a job when we are in chaos and so I, I think that vulnerability for normally as you would put it and this is an air quotes you know strong woman it you find yourself thinking really I really shouldn't be in this car and so I find myself avoiding um, driving and things like that, if at all possible, when those kinds of things come on, because it's not just immediate. It can be, you know, really memories can come back at later times okay. and you realize that, uh, you're never really through it. You're just at a different phase. I agree. And unfortunately, um, where I live, I'm, I'm an hour outside of Little Rock and that's our um, capital city. And that's, you know, where most of um, my, my colleagues and contracts and projects and things are. And so Mm -hmm. I have to travel to Little Rock quite often. And um, I pass the place that every time. And so, you know, in the morning I'm I'm doing good and I have my coffee and, um, everything's great. And I put my music on or, you know, I'm listening Mm -hmm. to whatever it is I need to listen to. And then as I'm 20 minutes out, it, my mind shifts immediately Mm -hmm. and it it happens every time. Um, and I know it's going to happen even if there's no preparing for it. Mm -mm. Um, and then my mood shifts and I get to my meeting and I don't want to be there. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, and I can't, uh, it's difficult because someone will say, how are you doing this morning? And it's like, I'm fine, but I'm not, you know, no. um, and, and they don't need all of that information every time. And I think too, that people are genuinely concerned and people genuinely care, but unfortunately we also have a very short attention span <laughs> and that reminder isn't necessarily something that someone else needs every time. Um, but we should also be more aware of that time frame of grief because it isn't something that goes away and it isn't Mm-mm. something, I mean, it, it shifts who we are and those normal everyday activities become reminders and those dates become reminders and you look at them and have all of these Memories flood in on you, and yet you're standing there and you look fine. So it's one of the invisible injuries. I mean, yeah. it's trauma. I mean, if, if you boil it right down, it's trauma, and um, it just depends on on what things bring back those memories for you. It can be something so simple as someone wearing the same scent mm. that this person that you loved. It can be a song 
that you used to sing at the top of your lungs in the car. I mean, it could be a number of things. I want to make sure people know where to find you and they can go to your website and you're all over social media. And the website is Susie, S-U-S-I-E, Reese, R-E-E-C-E dot com. And are your social media handles all the same, Susie Reese? Actually, it's Southern Fried Asian. There we go. <laughs> That's your social media handles. Yeah, so you can yes. find me on Instagram and Twitter at Southern Fried Asian. And then I also have a Facebook page as the Southern Fried Asian. There so, we go. Not to be confused with the podcast. <laughs> right, right. Absolutely right. And as you can already tell, Susie has an immense sense of humor that can be used at any time on any topic. And, you know, we're very appreciative that you know, she agreed to, to come on and talk with this series with me because I think that so many people go through grief and they go through it alone. And so I hope through our stories that we're able to share that the experience will be unique. You can be, as Susie put it, weird, or you can be stoic, but everybody has their own grief experience, and and we don't want anyone to feel judged or to perhaps please avoid judging others because you just don't know what others are going through. Would you like to add anything? We have about a minute. (laughs) I, I think that that's important, and I think too that just checking in with people. I've I've done a lot on suicide prevention, and we tend to wait until we have a reason to be concerned. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is not even true prevention. I think that we need to get ahead of that and and communicate better with with each other and just check in. And it doesn't have to be a dif- difficult thing. It can simply be texting someone and saying, I love you or mm-hmm. thinking of you. I'm here if you need me. But building better ways of communicating and better methods of communicating and being more intentional in how we do that. It's funny. I, I had someone who literally knocked at the door and said, I'm really concerned. I haven't heard from you. And I thought, mm-hmm. you have no idea how much I appreciate you for that. So you know, reach out to people because during these times people really may not have the energy to reach out themselves. Thank you so much for listening today. Susie and I will be back with more topics that have to do with grief and loss because it's an important part of our life and let's live it. We'll talk with you next week. Make it a good one. Thank you for tuning in today. You can find more shows at wisehealthforwomenradio.com.